Hey guys and girls, welcome, welcome to, to Single to Sealed. I'm Jerry, your host, and here with me is my co-host and wife, Brianna. As members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we have dedicated this podcast to helping fellow Christians navigate the treacherous waters of dating all the way to the winding roads of marriage. All are welcome in our podcast family, and we are so excited to have you here with us. Be sure to subscribe, follow, or favorite. Let's talk. Hello, Single to Sealed podcast listeners. Welcome back for another episode. Today is a very special one because we have a very special and beloved guest with us today. You guys might know her very likely if you've been listening to our episodes. We have Liv back on with us for what is it, our fourth episode? Fifth? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's our fourth. <laughs> I'm not sure. Fourth. Sorry, we lose yeah. track. <laughs> Either way, we're excited. Oh, yeah, me yeah. too. Very happy to be back. Yeah, I, I wanted to, to be like, yeah, we're so happy to have Liv. She's our favorite. And then every time we have a new person come on, she's always say, I'm so happy <laughs> this person's back. They're our favorite. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I see how it is. Know. You know what? Actually, funny story along those lines. That's totally off topic, but it kind of ties in. My grandpa, when I was growing up, he used to always call me his favorite granddaughter. And he passed away in like 2009. And... <laughs> Or no, earlier than that. I think it was like 2006. I can't remember what year it was. I was little. But um, yeah, that's really sad. I can't remember the year. But yeah, he used to always call me his favorite granddaughter. And one day, like this is like two or so years ago, I was telling my sister that like, oh, well, I was grandpa's favorite. And she's like, he said the same thing to me. And then I asked my brother. He's like, he told me I was his favorite too. And then I found out all my siblings have been told that they were the favorite grandchild. And I didn't feel so favored anymore. but I think with me he really meant it you know with them they just he just had to tell them that oh yeah so maybe it's the same thing with you Liv like with everyone else like they're great but like we we mean it with you right like I said I I just feel like you fall around this category of being too nice I'm just I'm just how it is I look Brianna already knows that right now I have a child that I like more than the other one he literally told me that the other day He's like, babe, do you have a favorite? And I'm like, of course I don't have a favorite. I love them both. Which is different. That's not implying that I don't love them both equally. I love them both equally, but but I like Raven more. <laughs> well, that's because every time Jerry walks in the door to say hi to Eden, she goes, no, no, and like pushes him away. Yeah, and Raven wants hugs. It's, yep. it's oh easy. Gosh. I would like her more. Yeah. I've got I've to tell you guys the best story about having a favorite kid, though. Um, because Christian and I were at the rodeo and it was like, we're way out in Parowan. Um, and so it was this like tiny rodeo, but they had the best show and the greatest rodeo clown and the rodeo clown is like doing some bit with a bull. And it was like terrifying and awesome and hilarious and all this stuff. (laughs) And Christian turns to me and he goes, you know, if we have a kid that grows up and tells me that he wants to be a rodeo clown, I'm going to have a really hard time telling our other children that I like them as much as our rodeo clown child. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's so random. <laughs> oh, but that's so great. I mean, that would be a pretty cool profession, but like, pretty intense it's also not what i thought you were gonna say yeah that's not where i thought it was going at all (laughs) me either but he's like making a case for it he's like they have to be funny they have to be witty they have to be really quick like (laughs) like fast (laughs) basically all the best attributes a rodeo clown has to have yeah exactly and i'm like you Mm -hmm. know what i'm convinced let's have one (laughs) (laughs) you're just gonna like from a young age like indoctrinate them (laughs) to like love the rodeo like make them meet all the rodeo clowns at all the local rodeos and be like see this is this is gonna be you (laughs) exactly (laughs) instead of parents that are like you have to play football it's gonna be like you have to be a rodeo clown (laughs) yeah i've always thought it was really funny how certain parents will like really force things that they love onto a kid early on it's just mm-hmm. like you will love this because I do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you will love this. Like that famous, there was like that famous kid I remember back in middle school, I think, elementary school. He was like this five year old kid. He's like the strongest kid. You seen him? He's like doing like the the arm only push ups. I don't know what they're called. Like where you don't use your legs, you just balance on your arms and do push ups. I never saw. That. There's this kid. He's doing like fifty of them. <laughs> he's like That's six crazy. or something. Yeah, and he's super jacked. You look at him. He has these. He has these abs, and he's that can't his be healthy. Are huge. 
Well, I, th- I, I don't know. I, have, I don't remember what the research was about that, but I, I would probably agree. <laughs> but it's just funny that, like, I'm sure that the kid likes it because you give it so much, like, love. Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh, I, oh, I love you so much. You're so cool. Like, almost to a point where this is life and you have to enjoy this. You know what that reminds me of now? <laughs> now we're going off on a huge tangent on this. so many different things. But the Cinderella story with Hilary Duff, that final scene where he's like, son. You're throwing away your dream. And he's like, no, dad, I'm throwing away yours. And he runs <laughs> off and kisses Hillary Duff. It's that scene right there. He was being indoctrinated by his dad to be a football player. And he decided, you know what? I'm going to Princeton University. I'm going to kiss my my girlfriend. Yeah. That. And then I'm going to Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> now we're back to relationships. That was a good segue. Cinderella story. <laughs> no. um, <laughs> that's a good one, too, actually. That's my favorite Cinderella story. Hillary Duff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Same. Mm-hmm. All right. So last time, Liv, we had you on the podcast. We were talking about a retreat that you were going to have. Mm-hmm. So what happened with that? Um, It was amazing. So um, it was honestly so, so, so much fun. Um, It was a little bit experimental because it was the first one that I've ever done. Um, But it couldn't have gone better, honestly. Um, the people who came were fun and they were open and they were receptive. Um, and you know, we would, um, sit in this, um, beautiful hotel, um, and just kind of learn together and talk and, um, and go through each person and, and talk about, um, kind of what they struggle with in dating, um, and how to, just create better outcomes for themselves. Um, I had a whole like workshop that I was doing that um, I have taught online multiple times. Um, And it's one of my favorite workshops to teach. And it's about like creating the pillars of your forever relationship. Um, So the whole retreat was just kind of like going through each of those pillars with each person and, um, and helping them build their like blueprint for a long lasting relationship. Cause I think a lot of times singles get caught up in like just focusing on, I should get married. And so that's like, like this tunnel vision, I have to get to the temple. I have to just like cross that finish line. And then they don't plan for anything beyond, you know, the actual getting married. And then they're like, well, I don't like, what do I do now? Like I plan to just get married. Um, So the workshop is about teaching principles to build your relationship on forever. Um, And um, we were at this beautiful hotel called the Advenir and they cooked, I mean, they have some of the best food in St. George. And um, so it was just really fun to like hang out with everybody. And we did like a yoga session and climbed to the top of Dixie Rock. And so it was just a ton of fun. I loved it. And so you're going to be having another retreat similar to that one is that correct oh yes I am and I'm so stoked to do it again are you doing it at the same hotel yes and um I am teaching something different um it's about building your magnetic brand um and it's so it's uh teaching you a lot more of um how to set your frequency um, to like just be attracting the actual types of people that you want to date. So no more of the like, like, oh, I keep attracting people that I don't find attractive or that don't like me or like whatever, like we negate that and put you into just kind of a different frame of mind and what you're looking for. And then also we'll talk about boundaries, rejection, um, and then my assistant coach um, is going to help everybody build their own brand, um, which I think is going to be so, so, so much fun. And I am super excited to do it and, and do it a little bit different this time. That's awesome. That's That sounds amazing. I mean, you sold me with you being there and then awesome food. I was like, okay, I want to go to the next one. <laughs> um, Jerry and I, when we go on trips, it's like it has to have good food. 
oh we're yeah like foodies in that way <laughs> so that sounds so incredible though and I love that idea of of learning how to attract the people that you want to date because it, that really is what's going to change the game right because if you're never able to attract people that you want to date then you're never going to find someone to date so mm-hmm. like it's kind of getting back to the very basics of it um, which really needs to be covered so I think oh, that's yeah. pretty amazing. And so for those who attended your previous workshop, if they attended this one as well, then they'll get to learn something different so they can go to both of them. Are you, uh, do you have anyone yeah. that's coming back again? I think so. <laughs> um, I've talked with a couple of the past participants. Um, one of them is in a committed relationship that um, I'm patiently waiting for an engagement announcement pretty soon. Um, so I don't know if she'll come back, but, um, but everyone else that I talked to at the retreat, um, they all said that they would be interested and, um, that they had such a fun experience and, and they told me like, I'm just going to be open here. Um, I, I was asking them, you know, what could be different or what could be better. And they said the only thing was that they wanted to stay at the hotel because that wasn't included in the, um, ticket before. So now I'm including it. So um, it'll be amazing. And that's awesome. Hopefully we'll see some uh, familiar faces back there too. And you're close to having your first success story, which is awesome. So congratulations on that. (laughs) Thank you. I actually already have a client that got married and I have, um, this will be the third engagement. Oh, congratulations. Congratulations (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Sometimes I think of our our show and like you know people like us as like the Hinge app, where <laughs> well people like well well they need you as long as they need you, and as soon as they get their their marriage, they're just like all right, delete. <laughs> <laughs> Bye guys. <laughs> Not Thanks me for nothing. No, I'm just kidding. I hire <laughs> I hire my successful clients to come back and work for me. So <laughs> is that who's going to be your assistant coach? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty excited. Yeah, it'd be kind of fun to uh, maybe have that person on the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He's he's really, really interesting. I actually knew him um, when I lived in Utah before when I was single. Um, And he so I've known him for a long time. um, And he was the first person to ever go through my program. And he's married now. So um you know we've been we've stayed in contact and um he is actually a therapist so um we were talking and he said something about wanting to venture out on and do his own thing and I'm like well you could or you could work for me and kind of still do your own (laughs) thing so he's really great there's there's something special about your first like client having a success story I think that's really cool Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it's awesome Okay, well, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, For those of you listening who are interested in attending that upcoming workshop, we'll have all the information in the show notes below. So make sure to check it out. This might be, you know, your next step forward to really push you into the dating scene and possibly meeting a lot of people and making a lot of really great connections and learning a lot from Liv, of course. So please check that out. Hit that link below and, and take a look. Um, now, as for our topic today, uh, we're super excited to dive in with Liv. She always has some great insights to share. So what are we <laughs> going to be talking about today, Liv? We are going to be talking about settling um, and whatever you guys have that you want to talk about as well. Um, but something that I get asked about like all the time, and I'm sure you guys get these messages too, um, that I get people will come to me with this like okay how do I know if I'm settling like I'm not giving enough people a chance or I'm being too picky like what's the good common ground there you guys get those messages too oh all the time and I wondered (laughs) that when I was you know in the dating phase too because you always wonder if you're making like the right decisions by telling people no or if like you said you're being too picky and so you're ruining all your chances and, you know, if you come from a family like kind of like mine where our parents got divorced and my mom, you know, indoctrinated me from a young age, you know, to tell me, don't settle, don't settle, you know, because she felt like she had in her relationship. I mean, like I had this, you know, fear, like deeply rooted of settling in my own marriage 
and then ending up ending up unhappy. She mm-hmm. settled. No, I didn't. <laughs> oh my gosh. um no I totally agree and I had that same fear um because I tended to like venture on the side of being too picky and I had a lot of people giving me more or less unsolicited advice telling me that I was too picky and I was not receptive to that advice so I just kind of dug my heels in And um, later, I had to actually really analyze that and say, okay, is there something here? Because all my relationships are not working out and I'm the common denominator. So, (laughs) you know, like, like what's here? Um, And, and specifically, someone told me um, that I was not giving nice guys a chance. And so maybe I should stop dating my quote unquote type and give someone totally different a chance. And I did that and it was horrible. So I never wanted to do it again. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, so then, you know, I like searched for a long time for what that common ground would be. Um, But I mean, before I give what I found, I, don't know if you guys have thoughts on how you like found that ground for yourselves. I think really it comes down to introspection and asking yourself for me, it was like each relationship I was in or each dating, I don't know, situationship I was in to ask myself if at the end of all of it, if I would feel like I had, you know, matched myself evenly with someone, I guess. And that doesn't Mm -hmm. necessarily mean like, physically or I don't know like education wise or anything like that but like feeling like we always talk about this in the podcast but feeling like you're evenly yoked and I feel like that's what really comes down to with not settling like you're not feeling like you have to I guess like drag someone along whatever it may on whatever venture it may be in your life whether it's like spiritually or I don't know just your hobbies even (laughs) like um, to drag them to emotionally sit down at the table with you and like have conversations with you like communication wise and I feel like all those things were super important to me in the aspect of like having a healthy relationship like someone who's going to participate and communicate with me and spend time with me and encourage me to follow my dreams and like all those things and also Mm -hmm. feel like they were striving just as hard to have a healthy relationship as I was so I think for like me from my perspective on settling like that was what helped me you know, find Jerry and feel comfortable marrying Jerry because I felt like I had found someone who brought out the best in me and also was going to work just as hard as me in the relationship. Mm-hmm. For me personally, I always dated without a ton of expectations. And so I didn't really have like a type I was ever looking for. I just, my main thing was I want to find somebody who I think is cute and is happy to be with me for exactly who I am Mm -hmm. and that's pretty much all I wanted (laughs) (laughs) and so like you know for me I I didn't it was easier I think for me for my pool like I found a girl I was like okay she's pretty attractive easy check (laughs) 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 all right now let's see if there's something else about her besides (laughs) her being just hot and (laughs) and how she makes me feel about myself Mm -hmm. and and I think that that I think made it so I never really felt really felt like I was settling because I didn't have all these extra um, check marks. But at the at the same sense, like I had to make sure that with those limited those two limited things that I had that I wanted, like I felt like they were also easy to check. Mm-hmm. So like so like if you if you just I could settle in those two things by basically saying this person kind of makes me feel like myself. Or this this kind this person kind of does, or mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, the first one's not really going to change. If I think she's hot already, I already chose that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like that second one was like everything to me. It was just mm-hmm. like I have to date this girl, and I have to feel like she gives me the time of day. You know, makes me feel good about myself and for exactly who I am. Just like I said, mm-hmm. and um, I really think that that helped me from settling because I it was easy for me to just focus really on that on that one thing. Mm-hmm. Well, and kind of sorry to add one more thing in here, I think really quick is I have friends too that will say things like, 
you know, I, I'm staying with this guy or I'm dating this guy because I'm scared that I won't find anything else better out there. And so there's that like fear of rejection that ties into it with settling. And so it's really sad to hear that, to like hear friends or like people close to me say that because you outright, they're admitting that they know that they're settling. But mm-hmm. the fear of rejection or like fear of not finding someone is keeping them with this person that they obviously don't even like, like they don't even want to be with them. They know that they shouldn't be with them, mm-hmm. but they don't think there's anything better out there. And so they just rather just stay. And like, I think that's one of the saddest things that I've heard from people I love, like say that it's just like, just leave, like at least, <laughs> at least try, <laughs> right? Because you know, you don't want to be with them. But that's a version of settling that I hear quite often, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, see, and for me, I actually think that's more deeply rooted past that I think that's more about the fear of being alone mm-hmm. and then not only the fear of being alone like the that idea of that undetermined amount of time that I have to be alone like again so like uh-huh. it's just a fears in general that I think tie us to the idea of settling yeah you know because you get to this point you know especially where you get to your your late later years as a single you know whatever that is for you let's say I don't know, you're in your mid-30s and you've been in this relationship for like a year you are you probably are thinking that <laughs> my, <laughs> my numbers are dwindling all my friends are married or are getting married or already have kids and it's i would say would be really hard for me well let's be honest even <laughs> in over. even in our christian pool by the time you're like 26 or 27 you're starting to think that and you're only in your 20s <laughs> like <laughs> that happens a lot like in in the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints like sometimes you feel that pressure from outside but also you're feeling the pressure from like all, seeing all your friends get married mm-hmm. like they're already have like three kids and they're 25 like you know all those things that you're, you're seeing and you're feeling that pressure and you're starting to feel afraid like oh my gosh what if i don't meet anyone what if bobby who i'm dating right now is like the best it's gonna get and like if i what if i say no no to him and like don't meet anyone else like there's mm-hmm. no one better than him so i might as well just stay so i can be married so then you also have that fear of being left behind then yeah you're being left behind <laughs> you know, like, that, that's being tied into the settling i don't want to be left behind because now this puts me off my plan i'm going to be you know two or three years maybe now before i can have my kid mm-hmm. if i don't have a kid now like i'm behind mm-hmm. what do you think Liv? i'm well, sure you have I... lots of comments right now <laughs> i think that the whole concept of timelines and being left behind and settling and all of that comes down to rather than fear I think it actually comes down to doubt um because I mean even getting into a relationship where you feel like you're settling there are still things that are scary about it um but you don't doubt that this person will stick around for you know whatever reasons so that's that's the um the choice that you can predict better And so I think that's why people get so caught up in their heads and so self-conscious about their timelines and um, about who they're with is because it comes down to, do I believe that I can have what I really want? And then that also leads into the question, do I even know what I really want? Um, And I talk to literally so many singles all the time who will be telling me all of these things, all of their dating history and patterns and problems and blah, blah, blah. And, and I know from their answers that they don't know what they want and they'll tell me that I'm wrong. And they'll say, look, this is my checklist. I've been dating for years and um, it's long and extensive and I won't settle for anything less. And um, when I hear that, and when I see a freaking checklist, (laughs) then I am (laughs) like, listen, your checklist is like like uh, I don't even know how to put it um because a checklist is a band-aid it's like kind of this detached concept of items that you're customizing this perfect person for yourself and by having this like long um list you are disqualifying real human people because you've created something in your head that isn't real and that you've probably constructed from movies or from Instagram or from The Bachelor. And <laughs> and so you're just creating this like image of perfection. And the like sad truth about that is 
that it's a defense mechanism. And people oftentimes hide behind their list because it protects them from getting hurt. And they can say, you know, when, um, when they get rejected by somebody, oh, well, you know, that doesn't really bother me because they didn't have these 12 other qualities that some unicorn person will have. And um, like, does that make sense? Yeah, it's like creating the key before the lock. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're trying to make your key fit into something that is not going to because they don't match because you did it out of order. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. No, that's exactly what I was going to say. I, I use like I like to refer to those kind of lists as unicorn lists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just because you're just continually looking for something that you're not allowing to to exist the longer your list gets. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's okay. Like we've talked about it before. I think it's okay to have like some expectations and absolutes for things that like you really aren't willing to compromise on, but that, that list can't be more than a handful of items. Mm-hmm. Well, and sorry. No, I was just, I was just going to, I was just going to say, like I said, you, your, your list can't be more than a handful of items because it's more realistic that way. Just like the more expe- the more absolutes that you're adding to that list, the more impossible the list becomes. And this mm-hmm. kind of might go way off the rails here, but I feel like a lot of our media teaches us to strive and to like almost lust after a different relationship that isn't actually safe or healthy (laughs) like I don't know if you read like any books or watch any movies but like I would say probably 98 percent and I'd feel comfortable saying that percentage of relationships that we see in the media are so toxic and like controlling or like just in general just unhealthy relationships and we are like almost like raised to want those mm-hmm. like every any any YA book that I could list that I read growing up that I absolutely adored like looking back and like even trying to read them now I was like oh my gosh like these guys are freaking psychos <laughs> like of course they have all the like the surface things like they're tall they're dark they're handsome they're alluring like they say like all the right things but they're also you know controlling and possessive and um degrading at times and like just a whole bunch of really negative traits and so I feel like a lot of what we grow up seeing and a lot of where we get our lists from aren't even realistic like they don't translate into real life Mm -hmm. and like the kind of guy that you or woman I should say because we're talking both guys and girls person like the kind of person you're looking for is going to be a lot different than what we're taught to look for in the media. And like uh-huh. you said, even like The Bachelor, even like semi-realistic like reality shows are all very surface level. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah, and even when you watch shows like that, I mean, the people are on there are literally handpicked to form the perfect drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like well, they're, and- trying to, they're trying to help someone's life, kind of. Like they're, not, <laughs> like they're just like setting them up. It almost feels like they're being set up for failure just based on the situation that they're in. You get all these people to embrace and, and love the show, you know, but you know, a lot of people just watch the show for the drama instead, uh-huh. instead of actually supporting the fact that they're going to find love. Well, and like <laughs> this might open a can of worms here, um, but one, I actually auditioned for The Bachelor and two, I know people that have been on it. Um, and it is all 100% made up. Like mm-hmm. it's scripted. They pick someone to be the villain and they incentivize people to be the villain. Um, and and I think it's so detrimental because they set them up with these like um, just grand excursions that um, just are setting people up for like, like, people who aren't being subsidized by TV Mm -hmm. (laughs) or like these expectations that maybe you'll get to that point where you're making enough money that you're living life like that. But like maybe you're in those beginning stages and you know, the person that you're dating can't whisk you off in a jet across the country. And, you know, and so I think that we really, really over romanticize a lot of things. Um, And I think the problem is that people hear exactly this conversation that we're having and they'll say like, oh, so that means I can't have what I want or I have to settle or I have to lower my standards. And I totally disagree. I think there's a big difference between being picky and having high standards. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I think that everybody deserves to have high standards and to know at their core what makes them feel loved by another person. And that's very, very different from having an extensive checklist, you know? No, I totally agree. I think that if you think about pickiness, that's like picking at every aspect of a person, uh-huh. whereas high standards is you saying like you're laying boundaries, yes. saying like this is what I will and will not accept. And in my mind, I think standards applies more to how you're being treated and how they make you feel and, you know, th- more things like integrity or kindness or honesty, like those kinds of things, whereas picky would be to me more like he has to have, you know, be 6'2 and have perfect teeth and brown hair and blue eyes. (laughs) And he has to have played football in high school and college, you know, like really picky things like aren't necessary, like don't equal happiness. And I feel Mm -hmm. like lists that are more picky lists are things that will fade over time. Mm -hmm. Whereas things that are on a standards list are things that are supposed to endure throughout the relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, Like even something as simple as like a job, like you, if you want a guy that like works in finances because they'll make so much money, like how do you know that he won't get laid off in the next recess- recession in like five years? And then your entire relationship was based on, you know, his income and that he had like a high status job. So like things mm-hmm. like that that can change, I feel like don't really apply to the standards list. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's the big difference between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally, totally agree with that. And um, and this is why I actually coach my clients um, to establish a non-negotiables list, um, which is exactly that. It's just a standard for what you want to feel like in your relationship. And it's very focused on um, how you feel um, and and what qualities in other people elicit that feeling and that emotion that you want in your relationship. Um, because honestly, like if you, if you guys ever talk to people about their lists and I was here too, I absolutely am guilty of this. Um, the thing is that most people don't know why things are on their list. They're like, it sounds good. Or like I was told in young women's or young men's that this was good. So I'm going to put it on here. And um, if you are not convicted to why you're looking for something in someone else, then it's just not going to matter, right? So um, if you are listening to this podcast and you're like, okay, all fine and well, but like, how do I actually practically do this? Um, I have two questions that you can ask yourself um, in your relationship or even while you're single that I think um, both Brianna and Jerry hit on um, that will help guide you away from being too picky and away from settling. And it'll keep you right there in the middle um, with your high standards and your boundaries and what you really want and deserve. So are we ready for that? Yes, we are ready. (laughs) Let's hear them. Okay, cool. So the first question um, is, does this person make me feel like my favorite self? So, you know, when you're with them, like Jerry was talking about, do you feel freedom to just be you, to be goofy or be um, serious or be crazy or be like whatever makes you feel the most like yourself? Is there safety and freedom in your situation to be you? Because if there's not, if there are reasons why you're holding things back and shoving things down and not letting parts of you come out, um, then that's a huge warning sign that um, either there isn't acceptance from the other person or that you're perceiving that there isn't acceptance and um and both things can really really derail you so what i'm hearing right there is that like 80 percent of all romantic comedies or chick flicks are immediately off the table (laughs) (laughs) because i swear every single chick flick one of them is lying about something for like half of the movie 
and then they reveal it like towards the end and then they break up and get back together right so like their entire relationship was technically a lie (laughs) which I find it is but it's totally a pattern in those types of movies Mm -hmm. but it I mean it leads back to the whole thing that like if you're going to be in a healthy like happy relationship you have to be able to accept one another as you are and like be able to love all the parts of them um and like be aware of all the parts of them because you can't (laughs) love or or work on maybe things that might be challenging unless you know that they even exist so Mm -hmm. I mean that's so important and we we mentioned that I swear it's like almost every episode that like you should go into marriage with no secrets Mm -hmm. you should really know who they are and you should be you should feel like you're in a spot in your relationship that you can share all these things and all these passions and feelings and all that with the person that you're going to marry (laughs) I think also like with that idea of being able to be yourself I think that's also like being able to enjoy and continue to enjoy like your favorite hobbies without Mm -hmm. the other person like constantly teasing you or making fun of your hobby (laughs) (laughs) Pokemon (laughs) (laughs) like, like it's okay to poke fun but you know like if you have somebody who sincerely thinks that your favorite things are a waste of time you know like Brianna like she like like she knows she knows me and and most of the people who really knew me you know always knew that one of my favorite po- like hobbies is like all things pokemon i love pokemon mm-hmm. stuff like from the games the shows to the comics like all of it you know and so i talk about it a lot rihanna has to hear about it a lot <laughs> you know about things <laughs> i love about pokemon and a lot of times like she's good because she will listen to me about it despite hearing it all the time she'll mm-hmm. try to understand it and sometimes she'll even learn things about it, which makes me feel good about myself. You know, mm-hmm. but I have dated someone when I talk about that. They're just like, that's so dumb. Like, that's for kids. Like, why do you like, why do you still like, you know, like immediately shame me for something I'm obviously passionate about? Mm-hmm. You know, something like something like that, honestly, just would, wouldn't work very well. Because my thing that I like, one of the things I like the most, you know, they're they're always making fun of or making me feel like it's dumb. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I think that's something that you can't really pass over it's okay for you guys to not like things the same it's okay for brianna to not even do pokemon things with me (laughs) you know but for her to make me feel like that thing that i love so much is just a waste of time and a waste of my life you know force then you know you're just you're just gonna constantly be sad and you're gonna have resentment Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's awesome thank you (laughs) i support you and your side hoe. I mean, your side chick. Sorry, I shouldn't have said hoe. You can take that out, right? I support you and your side out. chick. <laughs> I always joke that she's his, that Pokemon's his side chick. Because <laughs> whenever he's looking at his phone, it's usually either um, Pokemon or um, Pokemon. No. <laughs> I have to tease him about it. Um, um, but yeah, so wh- what was the other question? that you need to ask yourself so the first one was to ask yourself if they support you like and accept you truly as who you are and mm-hmm. make you feel like you can be yourself yep no what was the other one um the other one is is there space in this relationship for both of us to grow and change so um I put I say that with a caveat that you are not trying to change your partner (laughs) that's very important if you feel like you're in a position where um you can only be with someone if they change then that's probably not someone for you um but if you go into a relationship expecting that you know neither of you will grow or have experiences that shift your perspective or shift your thinking or, you know, whatever, then um, that's not really an active relationship. It's not really alive. Um, And your relationship should be alive. It should grow. It should change and get better and get deeper and expand and be something that you can really rely on um, and, um, and come back to again and again, even when you, you know, go through things that are hard um, and you want to rely on your relationship. That's, that's something that I think is, is really important. And, um, and, you know, not so much that um, like, okay, I might get in trouble for saying this (laughs) because um, 
I also don't think that uh, there aren't grounds for um, divorce in relationships um, because sometimes, like you said with the rom-coms, like something is dishonest and people change and then they feel like they have to stay together. Um, and, and that's not something that I personally think is good for either person. Um, I'm talking about growing in, um, in ways that are for both of your best good and yeah, bring you closer to the goals that you set together and the life that you plan together and your eternity. That's what I'm talking about. Well, if you think about it like this, like, I, uh, you know, you get into a relationship with somebody and you commit to marry somebody, you are seeing a version of them that has only existed with you and that mm-hmm. you have been able to see and build a perception of yourself. Mm-hmm. And so even if you do have somebody who is, you know, making all these changes or is building their life, you know, or living their life with a lot of secrets and then you get married, and then all these secrets come out, or they're, you know, they're changing all these things, or telling you, oh, I never really liked this thing, you know, then you're honestly, almost, I'm almost willing to say you're, you didn't marry, you aren't even married to the person that, like, you thought you were being married to. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, in that sense, you know, where you're saying there's grounds for divorce, I mean, it's like, it's almost like, okay, like, what is this about anyways? Like, I didn't just commit to this, this, you know, name and face. I committed to this person and who I thought you were and the relationship we had built on trust. Mm-hmm. And you take away all of that. Like what's left is literally just like a physical form because the, like who I thought you were, you're not. Mm-hmm. And I feel like also, like you were saying, like the change has to be like joint. You have to be evolving together and not necessarily at the same rate, but at least not stagnant water. Mm-hmm. And there's this girl I follow on Instagram that you might know of because she's very famous, but the bird's papaya. Do you know her? Um, She's like a body positivity, like a Canadian chick. She's awesome. I love her actually. But she shared something that totally rocked my world. This was like a couple years ago. And it talked about how um, in her marriage that she's in now, because she was divorced before, divorce is always on the table. And so what you said, like, I totally agree with because if we don't ever consider divorce to be on the table, and this is something that a mindset I went into my marriage with was that like, divorce is a dirty word we won't even talk about it like it's not even an option but the problem you find is if you say divorce is never an option is lots of times people stop trying because they mm-hmm. just assume like oh well they won't divorce me because it's not an option like, oh we're my just gosh. in this and that's wrong that's the wrong way to look at it like divorce <laughs> is an option if this relationship is toxic and unhealthy and stagnant and you know causing horrible things to happen in your life or and you're so unhappy like then it's an option because mm-hmm. ultimately like we need to be growing and progressing in this life. And if this relationship is keeping us from doing that, then we shouldn't be in it anymore. Now that's not to say we shouldn't try. That's the whole point of having it be an option is it, it's saying that you both need to make the effort every day. Like we always talk about like choosing the person that you cho- chose mm-hmm. like every day. And you both need to make that effort to grow together and to work on your marriage every single day because divorce is an option like the person you're with can decide that they don't want to be treated like by you like you know like that by you anymore and they can leave because that's their right is to to hold to their standards that they had when you were dating right (laughs) and like those boundaries and so like I think that's really important that we don't ever feel trapped by our relationships because that's another form of settling feeling trapped by a marriage or trapped by a relationship Oh, yeah. Well, and that was exactly so that concept was one that I heard from um, a woman named Esther Perel, um, who she she's a specialist in um, relationships and infidelity. Um, And that was something that she talked about. And I remember listening to this podcast episode at the gym when I was dating Christian um, and we had been dating for a long time by um member standard time and um we honestly were both a little bit gun shy about it and uh and then she said a very similar thing where oftentimes people use their relationships to trap each other um and to give up and to stop putting the effort in and um and you know she says that that's oftentimes a catalyst for um for infidelity but 
Um, but she also mentioned that, um, that, you know, if your relationship is that, like, um, that caging, then that's not a good relationship. Um, and that blew my mind to hear. And I remember talking about it with Christian and we were both like, absolutely. Yes. I subscribe to that. Like I'm making a commitment to you because we have the same goals, because we have the same aspirations, because we have the same vision for our life and our eternity together. And we're not going to hold each other hostage. Like if somebody changes their mind, then they have every right to do that. But that doesn't mean that I have to stay in the relationship because I thought that we were working towards something that you changed, you know? Mm -hmm. And to add on to that, because I love that, I love what you were saying, that list of like why you're together because you have the same goals, like you have the same like drive and like love for each other and all those things. Like all the things that keep you together when you're dating should be the same things that are keeping you together when you're married. Like when you're married, it doesn't all of a sudden become, okay, the reason we're together is because we're married. Like the reason (laughs) you're together, even after you use a ring and like go to the temple and like make it eternal, like those same reasons that kept you from breaking up before marriage should be the same things that are keeping you together after. Like it shouldn't be be because you feel obligated now that you've made a covenant in the temple. Like it should be because you love each other because you're striving to evolve and grow together and reach those like spiritual goals and like you know earthly goals too and because you're married but like (laughs) it shouldn't just become because you have that piece of paper and that ceiling in the temple and I think that's just really important and like that whole growing together thing is so vital to having a healthy relationship I love that song by Hozier or have you pronounced the name like Hoosier it's like (laughs) a fall in love just a little more a little more every day with someone new that one mm-hmm. and because he, he's talking about how like she is changing like she's always changing and he always gets to fall in love with someone new and that's like a literal like psychological fact that they've proven I was reading something it was a couple years ago I don't remember how long they said that you go between each like personality like change or something but they say that a person I think changes in general over like every five years like they totally change or seven years I think it was seven and like yeah. your body does and your mind does like you're because you're having all these experiences and things happen to you that change you as a person. And so if you're going to have a successful marriage, you have to be willing to evolve with your partner and also change with them and learn to love them in that new state that they're in. Mm -hmm. Which is honestly exactly why it's so important to get away from the list and to really focus in on, okay, do I feel like myself and can I continue to feel like myself even when I go through changes and, and whatever else, um, you know, have I built a foundation that I can trust and rely on um, that isn't connected to all of these like crazy, whatever checklist mm-hmm. items that usually have less to do with a person's heart than they do with their appearance. Yeah. And like, I mean, that foundation idea that you just said is really important too because you're going to ask yourself are the things that make me love this person are the things I'm seeking out in a person are they foundational traits or are they more surface level because and I mean like this is also controversial too but I have a lot of friends that have significant others that have left the church and that really rocks your marriage but like I have a really close friend that she's still with her husband even though you know he left the church and it's been very difficult but she's she loves him because of a lot of those foundational traits that are still there, like the way he treats her, like the love that they share and like, you know, their partnership and everything that is still very valuable to her, despite him not being a member of the church now. Um, And like those foundational traits are some things that like won't leave, like don't change. So like honesty in a relationship and respect in a relationship and like really basic important things that will hold a relationship together um, that won't change are the things that you're really looking for. Because Jerry might hate Pokemon in five years. I highly doubt it, but he could. And if that was the one thing that was keeping our marriage together, like, I would be really screwed, even though I would have depended on him liking it forever, you know? So. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely be definitely a risk in um, being too connected to, like, uh, superficial things, mm-hmm. like you're saying. There's definitely a risk in that. Because people have agency. Mm-hmm. That's the beautiful thing about this life. Yeah. And <clears throat> is it okay if I, like... <laughs> push back a little bit 
Yes. Push okay. back all you want. Because, uh, and this is not like <clears throat> true for everyone, right? Like everybody mm-hmm. has to make their own decisions. Um, but like for me, um, something that when I was kind of going through my list and I was like, okay, what, what really is non-negotiable for me? Um, then that example exactly that you talked about of, you know, what would I do if my husband decided to leave the church? Um, and this is just for me. This is, if Mm -hmm. you don't agree, like you don't have to take this, but, um, but I thought, well, I'm a very like goal driven person. Um, I thrive on a vision. And so for me, I want to know that the man that I'm committed to is committed to the vision that I have for my life. And that vision for me is eternity. It is an exaltation. And so for me, I always thought, um, I mean, ever since I started doing this, right. Um, I have held the belief that, you know, if I was committed to someone and he decided to leave the church, that would mean that he's no longer committed to the vision and he's no longer committed to the same goal as me. And, and, you know, that, that's a non-negotiable for me. And, um, and so it's like just one of those things that you've got to be so, so clear on what you want and what's right for you. And it's just personal. It's, um, you know, it's not up to your parents or your leaders or anyone else. This is your thing, what you want. And if you don't decide what your standards are and what your relationship is going to be, then it's going to fall apart when things get rocky. So that's just uh, my thought on that. No, I agree with that. I think it's fine. I think it's fine for you to have that. You know, on the on the flip side, you know, you could be in a position where someone leaves the church and then you leave them, and then five years later you left the church. Now you left the church and you left them. <laughs> you, can't, you can't determine <laughs> the future. You yeah, know? I mean, because like things are always things are always changing, and then you look back like, oh crap, now I left him. But I think the important <laughs> thing to remember is that like you have that agency and you have that right to set your standards how you want them to be. Um, just to make sure that you're setting standards and not just a list. Mm-hmm. I think that's like one of the most important things to take from this is like we each can have our own unique set of standards and don't listen to people when they tell you they're high. Like you're fine to have like your your rocks of an idea of what you want in your relationship <laughs> and those are like unmovable boulders. Like that's fine. That's, that's great. And you should <laughs> stick to that. And it's important for you to find someone like that is compatible with those boundaries and standards you're setting and that's that's the mm-hmm. whole point of all of this I think is that's how you know you won't settle is if you are making those clear and holding to those and you know having a certain a certain standard already set in your mind before you even start dating I think one thing most of us can all agree on is that you know there's not a textbook for everybody to live the same exact life mm-hmm. and one thing that we can all agree on especially on this podcast which we can never not talk en- enough about, which is the, pow- the power of God and revelation in our lives. Mm-hmm. And that's why this conversation has been so good because like you always have to be working to build that connection and that communication and include God in these decisions. Mm-hmm. Because one of my favorite things about uh, you know, our faith is how many things feel open-ended mm-hmm. and continually are becoming almost more like that today where it's, you know, something even as simple as, as the Sabbath day worship, you know, we've been so focused on what sign am I giving God, you know, we're not willing to give you a list of 500 things to not do or do on Sunday. (laughs) Like you get to determine this. You are the one that is going to stand before the face of God one day. And -hmm. you are the one that's going to have to justify your actions and with, with your choices and your decisions and what you thought was right. Mm-hmm. And what you think is right is 100% not going to be the same as somebody else in a lot of cases. Well, you know? And it's your relationship. Like, you're going to be in it. <laughs> nobody else is going to be in it except your partner. So mm-hmm. nobody else can know what you feel and what's most important to you and and your heart. And so that's, um, I think that's the importance of um, of remaining close to God and and keeping um, a strong independence, even within your relationship, um, because 
like you're in charge of your own happiness. Your partner is not responsible for keeping you happy. They can add to it, but it is not their job to make you happy. Um, because that becomes like a codependent relationship right there. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that doesn't mean that your partner can't cause unhappiness. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is yeah, true. You know, you could you could be you could try your best to be happy, but you're constantly being weighed down by the sadness of your relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's that. Yeah, and it's but it ultimately comes down to choosing. Like you can't you can't bring everything you need to bring to excuse me to a relationship to make it successful if you yourself aren't doing things to make yourself happy too. <laughs> like you know they always talk like self care and like all that stuff, but that's really important because you you want to be your best self in your relationship, and be able to bring like all the good things you have to offer to the table, and you can't do that if you're not in a good mindset either. Um, and of course, like your partner is supposed to be there to support you, but you know, they don't have all the answers all the time. So <laughs> it's important that like you, you also like develop your own like dreams and goals and I don't know, like passions and all those things also. And that's mm-hmm. why it's so important. Like what you were talking about, Liv, about having someone that supports you and loves mm-hmm. you, like everything about you and all your passions and dreams, because you need someone that's going to push you to seek out your happiness and your joy in this life, mm-hmm. even outside of your relationship, outside of them. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's just something also that I've experienced so much in my relationship, and I'm so, so, so grateful um, to be married to a man who um, not only, like, makes me feel so okay, like, um, whatever pops into my head, I'll try to filter it, and he'll be like, no, don't filter and I'm like, well, I don't want to. He's like, no, just say it, you know. And um, and with that, I like I have come up with some pretty insane ideas, and and I'm quite impulsive, and so I just like go for it. And I'm um, and you know, right now it's it's a lot of like life changes. Like, hey, babe, just so you know, I told my friends that we can go spend a week in Cabo with them. You don't know anyone. (laughs) And and he's like, okay, cool. Like, that sounds fun. I, I've never been to Cabo. Let's go, you know? And it's like, Mm -hmm. um, like just space to, I mean, I guess I didn't really like grow in that, but, but, um, you know, it's more about like just taking a risk doing something new space to be spontaneous yeah and and I wanted to do it and he and he was on board and that that's something that's important to me and um and really makes our relationship fun and um and those are just things that you've got to get clear on before you're in the relationship so you know how to identify them in the relationship yeah, you have to know ahead of time if your girl's impulsive. That way, when she comes home and says, "Hey, I bought a new twenty thousand dollar car." <laughs> no, in, in Jerry's case, consent, just in so Jerry's you know. case, it was more like, "Hey, babe, I just signed up for a six hundred dollar doula class." Um, sorry, <laughs> I probably should have told you, but <laughs> that's what I did a few months ago. Yeah, but, but I mean, like, the difference is, is that he was super supportive and like excited for me, and he could have been like you idiot $600 what are you doing with your life but like he knew it was something I was passionate about and something I loved and supported me in that and I mean you can even see that in dating like those are things you should be watching for in dating you know to make sure that the person you're dating supports you and your dreams and stuff and and how they react to you and like things like that in dating and how they treat you in dating is a blueprint of how they will treat you in marriage so you know, every, any negative reaction, like if he would have, if I would have sprung, you know, spontaneous things on Jerry and he would always been like, yep, I can't do that. No, that sounds like a stupid idea. Like, I can't believe you do this to me in <laughs> dating. Then I could safely assume that it's going to be just like that or worse when we're married. And I do, you know, surprise him with things. And so, I mean, just watch for those patterns and make sure that your relationship is making you feel supported and not um, crushed, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah. Metaphor there. So, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I think Jerry, if I would have, I would have surprised you with Cabo instead of instead of a doula training, you probably would have liked that more. But he was still supportive. <laughs> I would I, always be I, supportive, I, but deep inside, be like, I wish I knew. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been good for her to tell me. <laughs> I will say though, um, the like going to Mexico, and I also just did that to Christian actually with a car, and and for me, it's <laughs> it's like. I 
like I said, I'm a very vision-driven person, so I have a vision board, and when I see an opportunity to fulfill something in my vision board, it helps me feel like I kind of level up, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense, Mm -hmm. and so I go for it, and I, like, don't (laughs) think about the consequences. I'm like, no, this is my opportunity to, like, fulfill this thing on my vision board, and I've been asking for this opportunity. This must be God sending it to me, so I'm going for it, and... And, you know, I'm sure that sometimes that's totally scary for Christian, um, but he's always been really supportive and, you know, and that's just been a really good, like, grounding um, aspect of our relationship. That's good. We have a, we have a, a really good friend who, they're in like their 60s. <laughs> she had um, a Cadillac. It was like a 2015 or something. She like went to get the tires fixed or something at the Cadillac place. And then came back with a brand new 2021 Cadillac, Lori. <laughs> and like, we went to her house that evening and we're like, wait, you got a different car. And she's like, oh yeah, I went to get my tires changed. And they're like, hey, we're really short on 2015 Cadillacs. Do you want to trade yours in? And like, we'll give you a great deal. And her husband was just in the corner, like shaking his head. He's like, yeah, she went to get her tires fixed and came back with a brand new car. <laughs> he was just like shaking his head and laughing. We just thought it was really funny. Kind of like your story. That's amazing. That is Jerry's like, do not get any ideas. Brianna knows, Brianna knows how, how like calculated I am. Oh, yeah. About a lot of things, especially like finances. And so something like that would literally spiral me for like a week but the, difference, <laughs> but the difference is is I've known that about him since we first started dating so it's like something that I knew about him right so like I don't really surprise him with like big purchases because he's a very much a like has an excel spreadsheet of the budget and like goes by like the dollar like when we do our tithing he literally goes by the cent of tithing <laughs> of like what we need to pay like he's very number oriented and so yeah it's it's just how he is but yeah I support you babe I love you. (laughs) Okay, well, do you have any final thoughts, Liv, about what you shared today? Anything else that you feel like our listeners might really benefit hearing from you on this topic, or any like final words of advice? Um, I think the main thing is to build your relationship, trusting yourself. Just lean into what you want, what you think is right, um, and you know, you, you don't have to listen to all these outside opinions about what you should want in dating or what you should settle for, or where you should go for, or like anything, trust yourself and decide what you want and then look for what you want. And I think if you are listening and you follow that advice, then you'll probably be just fine. I love that. Like learning to honor and like validate your own like standards you have for the people that you date instead of seeking like externally. Mm-hmm. Cause there'll always be someone that will tell you like, Oh, your standards are too high. You should just date. Like you said, like nice guys, like <laughs> date, date someone who's not your type, even though you really want to date this kind of person, like try someone totally opposite of everything you like. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> no, like, yeah. Learning how to have that introspection and like, spend time with yourself and figure out what you really need make mm-hmm. that list ask you ask yourself those two questions and just work on that mm-hmm. and I think sorry one more thing <laughs> no go ahead um I think that that like inward trust sometimes we try to cast that off for like um the concept of uh abandoning your will for gods um but my opinion is that when you learn how to trust yourself it's from a place of understanding that God made you how you are. And so when you trust yourself, you're inherently trusting the Lord and trusting how he made you, how he designed you to experience life, how he created you to feel loved, and then trusting him to bless you with the people and the opportunities and the experiences that allow you to feel that love and to feel that fulfillment and to be the most yourself that you can ever be. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Jerry and I (laughs) were just talking about that earlier this week about how like learning to trust yourself is recognizing that you have like God's light within you. You know, we always Mm -hmm. talk about like the light of Christ that you have in you and that like he trusts us to be able to make decisions 
and like take into account like his thought and his thoughts and like guidance and everything but also like a lot of this life is learning how to trust ourselves that's why we're here like learning how to make good decisions that lead us back to him um and like of course take into account him and of course prayer is important but also like when I think when it comes to dating he kind of loosens the reins a little bit because he wants us to choose someone that we feel is going to make ourselves happy and that's why I also feel like he's not going to tell us yes or no to someone all the time when we're dating Mm -hmm. Uh, because he wants us to practice that like our own self-reflection because we are spiritual beings having an earthly experience and not the other way around yeah and like we we have it in ourselves to make good decisions on our own because god's blessed us with that power yeah totally love that i can't believe you shared (laughs) that that was like totally like jerry and i were literally just talking about that like yesterday (laughs) that's so crazy that you brought that up (laughs) well thanks so much for sharing this time with us today live we always enjoy having you also, make sure you let Christian know that you're buying a new set of holiday PJs for everybody who listened to the podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I hope you guys all no, like Sam's You get face. PJs and you get PJs and you get PJs. I was going to say new car, but PJs works. You'd <laughs> <laughs> probably be more okay with PJs. It's more responsible. Yeah, a little bit more responsible. <laughs> um, so if our followers or our listeners, sorry, want to connect with you on the workshop or your podcast. Can you talk a little bit about that before we close so that they can know where to find you and connect with you? And then we'll link everything below. Yeah, absolutely. So my Instagram is honestly the best way to learn about anything I have going on or ask me questions or anything. I'm the most active there. Um, it's just at livetally underscore coach. Um, I did change it. If you follow me and you think it's something different. Um, and from there, I have a link in my bio that links to my website, which is thesealeddeal.com um, and and all kinds of buttons on there for my retreat and anything else that your little dating single heart could ever want. Uh, but probably just go to my Instagram. All right. Again, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for everybody for listening. And we hope you enjoy the rest of your night or evening or whatever time it or is. Or morning afternoon for you (laughs) bye 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 if you enjoy single to sealed be sure to invite your friends to help our podcast family grow if you haven't subscribed followed or favorited be sure you do so you don't miss out on any of our great content thank you for joining us today as we help you move one step closer to sealing the deal we'll We'll see see you next time. time